Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. And if you could welcome our lead pastor, Joe Source. Thank you, Pastor Matt. Thank you. What an awesome weekend to be in church. Man, we're so glad that you're here. I believe that uh, this message is going gonna, is gonna to really minister to your heart. It's going to bless you, going to encourage you, uh, going to refresh you. Amen. Amen. You know, um, the gospel is very practical. And if it's not practical, then you're not hearing the gospel. The gospel, the word of God, the revelation of Lord Jesus Christ is given unto us so that we live our lives in such a way that we have an expectation for eternity. But let's really be honest and transparent with each other about life here now. Because one unchangeable truth about life as a believer is that when we get to heaven, we'll have little or no remembrance of the struggles that we had here on earth. And that should comfort us. Amen. Amen. In Revelation chapter 21, verse 4, <coughs> excuse me, it says, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There should be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There should be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Everything that we're experiencing here and now is going to pass away. Everything that you know about life now is going to pass away. We're not going to bring these struggles. We're not going to bring these hardships. We're not going to bring these sorrows. We're not going to bring these pains and hurts with us. Now, that's good. And that's fine. And that's good news. However, according to the Bible, for those of us that are believers... We shouldn't have to wait till we get to heaven to experience this. You and I can live a measure of what that life is going to be like here and now. Now, to me, that's even better news and more comfort. Amen? Amen. Listen to Psalm 27. I'm going to start reading to you from verse 7. This is a psalm written by David. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me, nor do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me, nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Verse 11, teach me your way, O Lord. And lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries. For false witnesses have risen against me and such as breathe out violence. What is he saying here? Life has been tough on this earth. I have enemies. I have adversaries. I have people that are hoping that I'll fail and not succeed. And then verse 13, man, it really kicks in. I love this verse of scripture. I would have lost heart. Now, he's, he's pouring his heart out to God. David said, I would have lost heart unless I had believed 
that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. What's he saying? I would have totally given up if I wasn't convinced that I would still see your goodness here while I'm still alive on this planet, while my feet are on, on, on solid ground here. I would have given up if I wasn't so sure of your goodness and I wasn't so sure that I'm not going to have to wait until I leave this body to see that goodness. Amen? Amen. Turn to somebody say, this is good news. news. Turn to somebody else and say, get happy about it. David is saying, my faith is that God would allow me to see the blessings, his blessings, here and now. There's no need for me to wait until eternity. In eternity, we're going to have blessing. We're just going to be so blessed. I don't know about you, but I'm going to go, I made it. I mean, it's just going to be blessed just to be there. But it's going to be so different than blessing here. Because when, when I get blessed here, when you get blessed here, when we get blessed here, it so contrasts what the rest of our life is like. In heaven, it's always going to be blessing. I'm not saying that it's not going to be worth as much. But when we get blessed here, it so stands out. It so, it so testifies to the goodness of God. It so testifies that no matter hard, how hard life can be here, no matter how miserable life can be here, no matter how many setbacks, how many disappointments, man, we got a God that takes care of us. Come on now. So in order for us to not lose hope, like David said, we need to remind ourselves of some things. Because how many of you know, man, if you don't sit back once in a while and start to remember and start to rehearse and start to recite and start to, I love when I get together with my family members that have been in this thing with me from day one. I love when I get together with the, with the individuals that have been, in, those that knew me personally from the early days when I first got born again, 35 years ago, to those that have been with me by my side since the day we started this church. We, I love when we sit around and we start remembering the old days. Now, when I say that, I'm not talking about I'm sitting in a rocking chair. You know what I mean? I'm talking about we, when we talk about the miracles that God worked, the way that he put things together. Because when we sit down together, we're all in agreement with one thing. None of us had any clue of what God was going to do all these years. Now, there's something about that. There's something about reciting and rehearsing and repeating and sharing those memories. It's not, I don't want to go back to them. You understand what I'm saying? But they were good years in this sense. They were struggles just, they were, just like you got struggles now. How many of you got struggles now? Oh, the rest of you just not, you know. But you know what? There's a redeeming quality about being a Christian, about knowing that God is alive on the inside of you. Because even, even when you remember the struggles, you really don't remember the pain. You remember the victory that came out of that struggle. And you know what happens? You start getting stronger. I can remember times. And even happens to this day. 
We'll be sitting around and start talking about when God did this and when God healed that person and when God delivered that person and when God put that marriage together and when God came through at the last minute when, when, when so-and-so thought they were going to lose their house and lose their cars. And you know what happens? You start talking like that and you start sensing the presence of the Holy Spirit. You and I need to rehearse those things. You and I need to, we need to remind ourselves of the things that God has done. There's strength in that. There's strength in that. There's the presence of God starts to rise up on the inside. Why? Because we're remembering, we're recalling to our remembrance the goodness of our God. So if we're going to be on this earth, and we, you know, while we're here, if we want to, if we want to be able to make it through, and we want to be able to to not just get there by the skin of our teeth, but but to walk in victory while we're here. Jesus died so that you and I would walk in victory. Jesus didn't die so that you and I walk around with our face down to the ground, shuffling and dragging our feet in misery. He suffered too much. We need to walk in victory. A couple of people believe so. I said we need to walk in victory. So if we're going to do that, we've got to remind ourselves of a couple of things. If you're taking notes, and I hope you are, number one, the number one thing that you and I need to remember in the face of how hard life can be on earth is this. God is for us and not against us. Man, you talk to some people, you, you would think that God's their worst enemy. They think everything that happens bad to them has come from God. Well, you know, Jesus gave us a list to follow. Very easy. Well, pastor, how do I know if something has come against me, if it's God dealing with me, or if it's the devil and it's just an attack on my life? Very easy. Jesus gave us this rule of thumb, John 10, 10. He said, the thief comes to rob, kill, and destroy. He said, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. So if whatever's happened to you is coming to rob, kill, and destroy, guess where it's coming from? If it's bringing life, if it's bringing you strength, if it's bringing you joy, if, it, if it's challenging you to come up to a whole new level in your intimacy with God, guess what? It's coming from him. Amen. Very easy to figure out. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Well, you know what, Pastor, I don't know. I don't know if I believe this stuff that God wants me to prosper and God wants me to be, you know, wants me to be successful and wants me to be on top and up beneath. I don't know if I believe that stuff. It says right here, if he didn't spare his own son, if he allowed his son Jesus to go to the cross and suffer such a horrible death, both physically and then suffer spiritually, when he had to go into the grave, go into hell, and then raise up three days later. If God did that, what is he going to withhold from you? Nothing. Nothing. But what he needs for that to happen is your faith. You need to believe in him. You need to trust him. Amen? Amen. Verse 35 of that same chapter. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, hard times, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Verse 37 turns it all around. 
Yeah, life can be tough. The challenges can be fierce. But look at this. Yet in all these things, no matter what comes at us, we are, read it with me, more than conquerors. What, on our own? No, through him who loved us. For I am persuaded. Man, I want to I spend my life talking like Paul. Paul says, I'm not so sure. Maybe sometimes. What does he say? No, he says, I am what? Persuaded. That neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Turn to somebody and say, he's for us. He's not against us. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, I want to read to you from the Amplified Version. Let your character or moral disposition be free from love of money including greed and avarice and lust and craving for empty possessions. And be satisfied with your present circumstance and with what you have. Now, now comes the really good part. For God himself has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down, relax my hold on you, assuredly not. Man, that is good news. You can't get much more definite than this. Three distinct times. I will not, I will not, I will not under any circumstance ever relax my hold on you. And I just, oh, when I read that scripture, I always see the hand of God on the back of my shirt going, come on, I got you. Just keep going. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Don't back up. Just keep moving forward. Amen? Amen. And reminding ourselves of these truths it brings us comfort and it brings us strength, even as we talked about before. If that wasn't enough, the Bible contains over 365 fear nots. Fear not, fear not. You always, every time Jesus shows up on the scene, fear not. Every time an angel shows up on the scene, fear not. God shows up face to face with Moses, fear not. 365 of them. Do you think that's a coincidence? No. So every single day, we have an opportunity to say, I'm not going to be seized with fear. You know, fear is killing people. I don't know if you realize that. Fear causes stress. Stress is killing people. Stress comes when we try to do things on our own strength. Stress comes when we, we, we're not taking the time. What, what, because we haven't taken the time to pray. We haven't taken the time to, to commit the whole situation that we're dealing with unto God. I don't know about you, but there's many times in my life even recently, where I've had to say, I don't know what to do with this. You're going to have to take this. I can't figure this out. I don't know how to handle it. I don't know what decision to, I don't know where to go with this. You're going to have to take this. Amen? Amen. I'll say to him, this was your idea. You started this. I had no clue of what you were doing in my life. You brought me step by step. Therefore, you're going to have to take this to the end. You're going to have to finish this. Amen? Yeah. How many of you know when you commit something like that, God's hand, what happens? Oh, my God. He releases everything you need, the provision, the manpower, the finances, the, 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 the stamina to go and finish what was started. I'm telling you, every single one of you listening right now, 
There are some things in your life you need to commit to the Lord. You've been trying to work them out on your own, and it's like banging your head against the wall. Commit it to him. Leave it in his hands. Amen? Amen. Number two, it is God's will that we walk in victory. It is God's will that we walk over the circumstance, not under the circumstance. You got it? I quoted this just a few minutes ago, John 10. The thief comes only in order to steal. That's all he knows how to do is rob. All he knows how to do is lie. All he knows how to do is steal, to kill, to destroy, to neutralize. Now, if you're a born-again believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, he can't stop you from going to heaven. But if he can get you to start believing lies about yourself, if he can get you to start seeing yourself as inferior, if he can get you to start seeing yourself as you made too many mistakes, you're too far gone, you're never going to make it, if you start believing those things, guess what? Even though you're going to heaven, you're going to live like hell here on earth. He is a God of abundance. You need to believe that. We talk about abundance in victories. You know, some people, I think, subconsciously believe that God sits in heaven, and when you and I stumble and we fall, he gets a kick out of it. Oh, look at that. See, they fell again. God desires for you to win every single time. God desires for you to have victory over your enemies. And I'm not talking about people. How many know people are not your enemy? Honestly, you really want to know the truth about it. The greatest enemy you're ever going to face in your life as a believer is the person you see in the mirror when you brush your teeth in the morning. Especially when you start believing the lies that your own mind tries to produce. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not good looking enough. You don't have enough skills. Nobody likes you. When you start believing that stuff, then the devil just runs after you. He reinforces every one of those thoughts. But God is abundant in victory, abundant. There is not one victory in the scriptures that was not something that was spectacular. Just think about this, because a lot of times people don't have this idea of abundance, about God being a God of abundance. We, we, most people, you think he's like you. Cheap. <laughs> Did he really say that? Yeah, he said that. He said that. God splurges. And it seems like he splurges the most when we're in tough times. Just, just think about this. Just think about how many species of fish that are in the sea. He's not a cheap God. Could have got away with a half a dozen of them. We wouldn't have known any better. Thousands and thousands and thousands of species of fish, all different colors, shapes, characteristics. He loves to show off. How many different types of plants, fruits, vegetables? Just think about how many different types of spiders that he created. <laughs> He's not cheap. He is generous, and he lives in abundance, and he is abundant in victory, and he gives us big victories, not little ones. Now, watch this now, because that could be a matter of perspective. A victory is extremely personal. When you have a victory in your life, usually it is extremely personal. It is one that's been custom crafted to make you understand how much he loves you. And it, it might be a little victory in somebody else's eyes, but in your eyes, it is spectacular. Let me give you an example. 
as I mentioned, I became a Christian 35 years ago. In those first couple of years, I was still experiencing anxiety, panic attacks. You know what I'm talking about? And so about a year and a half, a year, year and a half in, might have not even been that long, I was invited to go fishing with a group of guys. That was definitely a trigger for an anxiety attack. Definitely, especially in a little boat. <laughs> so there's four or five of us gonna, gonna cram into a 16-foot little boat and we're going fishing. And I'm determined, I'm gonna do this. I'm not gonna back out. I'm not gonna have a panic attack. I stayed up all night long praying and reading scriptures. And I, I, I think, well, this was early on because I was still smoking then, so this had to be way early on. Smoked about a pack of cigarettes all night long, praying and, and reading scriptures. I got in the boat the next day. Didn't get sick. Didn't start panicking. Didn't feel claustrophobic in that little boat. Now, for you, you went, man, you stayed up all night just for that. Man, I go in a boat all the time. It wasn't your victory. It was mine. <laughs> now, what might have seemed a small victory to you was monumental to me. That was equivalent to me getting into a spaceship and going to the moon. <laughs> so I can't tell you how that boosted my faith and my confidence in God. And, you know, he'll take you if you'll walk in faith with him, if you'll trust him. Say, well, I don't know. I don't have peace about it. Then do it scared. Sometimes you can't wait for the peace to come. Sometimes you should just step out and do it scared and trust him and trust him. So I got victory over anxiety. And then I started to be able to walk through the doors of the church without getting nauseous. Pretty soon I was able to go and eat in a restaurant with my wife and not want to run out before the meal was even finished. See, that, that victory that might have seemed little to you was the thing that was the launching pad for me. Because there was no way that I'd be able to stand here right now if it wasn't for that, what looked to you as a little victory, to me, was monumental. Amen. He wants us to walk in that victory. And Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit to be our comforter. He reminds us of the Father's faithfulness, and he is our helper. In John chapter 14, verse 16, Jesus said, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The helper that comes alongside of us when we're in that panic, when we're in that stress, when we're in that anxiety, and he comes alongside us and starts to remind us of the things that Jesus spoke to us. Amen? Amen. Number three, don't forget whose family you're in. John chapter one, verse 10. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. It's talking about Jesus. In verse 11, he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. Watch this now. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who were, not born, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but born of God. This is the family that you belong in. If you believe in him, if you've trusted in him, He's given you the right, the privilege, the honor to be considered children of God. First John chapter 
5, verse 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Are you going to be able to overcome the lies that the enemy hits you with if you begin to remind yourself what family you belong to? You see, when you got born again, you didn't, be, you didn't join a church. You were born into a family. You were accepted into a kingdom with a king. Amen? Amen. The good life is tied to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith is what God requires in order to release the manifestation of his grace. The good life is released by exchange. Pastor, I wish I could, you know, I wish I could have that kind of faith. I, I, I wish I could, I could walk in those kind of blessings. I wish I could see God come through for me. I wish I could stop wishing and start believing. Stop wishing and start believing. Because when you start believing, the grace that you've been looking for and wishing for is released in your life. Because here's the way the economy of heaven works. Just like you go to the store, you take something off the shelf, you walk to the cashier, and whether it's a self-serve thing or whether you have an actual live person there, you have got to give them something before you can walk out the door, right? If you don't want to get arrested. There's an exchange that takes place, yes? You're not going to get that thing no matter how bad you need it. Somebody's got to pay for it. There needs to be an exchange. And so the economy of heaven works very much that way. We bring him our faith. I trust you. I believe in you. My confidence is in you. I am willing to take the risk of placing all of my trust in you. When God hears that, it's like a cloudburst over your life. His grace begins to manifest. The blessing begins to flow. Are you catching this? If you don't want to live a frustrated life, then start believing God and start trusting God and start declaring it with your mouth that you are trusting him in your heart. Amen? Amen. Number four. If we're going to live on this earth and we're going to live on this earth and we're going to have some peace of mind and we're going to enjoy the blessings of God, and not have to wait till we get to heaven. We're going to have to walk by this main basic truth. You cannot overcome the world if you are in love with it. Ooh, yeah. Where is he going with this one? I'm going to say it again. You cannot overcome the world that has given you nothing but anxiety, adversity, challenges, obstacles, hindrances, trying to wear you down, you're not going to be able to overcome that world if you're in love with it. It's almost like being in an abusive situation. You keep getting abused, and you keep taking it, and you keep, and you keep serving the abuser. You keep hugging the abuser. You keep feeding the abuser. Jesus said, no, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. In this case, he's talking about money, material things. Don't love the world. You're not going to be here that long. 
For those of you that are young right now, you think you got your whole life ahead of you, trust me, you're going to blink and you're going to be my age. <laughs> I still got some time. I still got a good amount of time here. I'm not going anywhere. Amen. You'd be in agreement. You see, according to the scriptures, this might be a tough one for you because some of you, this might be the first time you're hearing this thing. But according to the scriptures, when you love the world, and I'm talking about the world system of things, when you love the world, it puts you in the class of God-haters. And we don't want to be in that class. We don't want to be in that category. John chapter 17, verse 16. Jesus is praying for us. It's just a short period of time after this prayer that he's going to be arrested. He's going to be tortured. And eventually, just hours away, he's going to be crucified. And this is the prayer that he prayed for all of us. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. He's saying to God the Father, I've called them out. They have pledged themselves to me. We're still living on this planet, but we don't belong to this planet. Paul said, our citizenship is in heaven. We are here on this earth, but our spirit, our soul, the very essence of who you are and who I am, is connected to a kingdom. What we know is very much alive on the inside of us. We've not seen it yet with our, with our naked eyes. We have not seen it yet with these natural eyes. The day's going to come and we'll see it. But we know that kingdom is very real and it's very alive. And so we can find ourselves at odds sometimes in a tug of war between the kingdom on the inside that we know is so very real and the world system that we see around us that's so corrupt and so degenerate and so selfish and so self-centered that if we're not careful, even though our spirit is connected to heaven, we could still be walking around here on the earth as if our confidence is in this life, and it's not. We need to take an inventory once in a while. Do we love spending more time on the things of this world? Social media. Now, is he going to go there? I got to point the finger at myself. You know, to me, that's how I stay in contact and stay on top of so much that's going on. There's so many times before we ever find out that someone is sick, we read about it on Facebook. But so many times before we find out to the person on phone call, so-and-so got into a car accident, they're in the hospital. And so it just becomes such an entrenched habit of constantly checking to see, is everything okay? And it's not like we got two dozen people in a Bible study here. There's hundreds and hundreds of families that call New Beginnings its home, their home. But man, when that social media thing gets its hook in you, how many know what I'm talking about? Checking every 15 minutes on how many likes you got on your post. How many shares. We got to be careful with that. Video games. Oh, Jesus. Video games. Of course, nobody in here would ever become addicted to those things. But you probably know somebody that spends hours. They show up at work the next day like, 
because they were up all night playing video games. How about, well, no, no, Pastor, I don't get involved in any of those things. No, that's not me. Okay, try this one on. How about shopping constantly for more and more things? You don't, think that's a, you don't think that's a problem? Let me come to your house and see many, how many things from home goods you have. <laughs> I don't know what some of the other... I, I can't believe how many of those type of stores have popped up. Now, that tells us they would not pop up if there was not an audience of us buying useless knickknacks. Chachkalas. You listen. And sooner or later, they all end up in the thrift store. <laughs> At about 25% what you paid for it. Because after all, I, I, I just had to have that little stainless steel pineapple. Hallelujah. Uh, I'll move on. I see some people getting uncomfortable. Number five. We got to remind ourselves constantly of this one. Just because you walk in faith and by faith does not mean you will never have a challenge to that faith. And if you don't realize that, if you don't get that deep down inside, when you do get challenged, the first thing the devil's going to say, oh, see, you're not as strong a Christian as so-and-so. You're not, you don't have as much faith as so-and-so. Psalm 34, 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Read this with me. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. Proverbs 24, 16. For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. See, we start to think sometimes, the devil plays mind games with us. We start to think that because we get attacked, because we have challenges, because we have circumstances that rise up, stuff tries to hit us out of left field, we start thinking, I, I guess I'm not saved. I guess I'm not a Christian. I guess God doesn't love me anymore. It's the furthest thing from the truth. You know, the trials of life can either destroy us or make us stronger and more effective helpers for those who are falling behind us. You know there's people watching you? Do you know there's people watching you? There are people that are watching how you're going through your circumstance. There are people watching how you're going to handle that attack. How are you going to handle when your car broke down? Or how are you going to handle when the car got totaled? Or how are you going to handle when you lost your job? How are you going to handle when your kids go crazy? They're watching you to see if this thing is real, to see if you're going to just fall to pieces. Now, I don't say that to put further pressure on you. I say that to encourage all of us that when we are under attack, to grab a hold of God, grab a hold of his promises, and just say, I'm in this thing. I don't care what happens. I'm going to wrap this up. Number one test of faith is this, and listen to me closely. 
Number one test of whether you're really in faith or not is this. Are you able to praise God even if what you want doesn't come to pass? Are you able to praise him? Are you able to stand in church or at home or in your car, in the shower and whatever, just go, Father, I don't care what happens. I'm worshiping you. I'm praising you. I'm always going to thank you. Let me read you this scripture and we're going to be done. Habakkuk. Yeah, it's in the Bible. I didn't make that name up. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17. Man, I know what it's like to live this scripture. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor, the, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive might may fail and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet and he will make me to walk on the high hills. Let me give you a paraphrase in today's language. Even though the car broke down and the fridge is empty, though the promotion was given to somebody else and I was let go, I'm still going to praise you. I'm still going to worship you. I'm still going to speak good about you. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for encouraging us. Thank you for giving us your word. Thank you for the promises of God that are so real to us, Father. Thank you that through Jesus Christ, every one of those promises are yes and amen. Thank you for encouraging us. Thank you for strengthening us. And Father, thank you that because of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us and your grace upon our lives, no matter what happens in this life, we are still going to praise you. We're still going to worship you. We're still going to lift our hands up to you. We're still going to tell others about the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God. And I thank you that you strengthen us even more through this message. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Pastor Matt. Amen. That's a good message. You know, if you're here tonight, I want to make sure I say this. The most important thing is if you're here and you've never, like Pastor was talking about, even building our faith, but the first step in that is completely surrendering your life to Jesus, to God, completely surrendering and trusting him, trusting him with our life, acknowledging that we, we can't do this life alone and we need him. And the thing is, when we put our trust, we're putting our trust not in something that we're waiting for to happen, but something that happened. Jesus already did it. He, he came to this earth. He died for us. He went to the cross. He died and he rose again. And Paul, who we talked about even a little bit tonight, but Paul, who said in Romans, he said, when you believe that, if you're here tonight and you believe that, it says, when we say that then, when we confess that with our mouth, it says we are saved. What does that mean? We are in right relationship with God. And that is the most important thing, right? We're surrendering ourselves and we're putting our trust in him. And then we do not need to do this life alone anymore. You have God Almighty with you step by step. Amen? So you know what? I feel very strong. Let's all do this together tonight. So let's all bow our heads and shut our eyes. And if you're in this room, we're going to pray this prayer together. And if you've never prayed this before, you can expect your life to completely change because what you're doing is you're acknowledging that you need a Savior. You're asking Jesus to be your Savior. And then you become a child of God right on the spot. And you forever will have God by your side. So let's pray this together. Father God, I believe you sent your son Jesus to go to the cross for my sins. And I believe he died and rose again. I acknowledge that I need a Savior. 
Jesus, I put my trust in you. I surrender my life to you. Make me a child of God. In Jesus' name. Come on, would you say amen? Amen. Let's give it for people that prayed that prayer for the first time. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, in just a few seconds when we're dismissed, please don't just leave here. We're going to have prayer workers up here. Come up and tell one of them, I prayed that, what we call that salvation prayer for the first time. We want to give you a Bible. We want to answer any questions that you have because it's not the end of your journey. It is just the beginning. Amen? If you need prayer for anything else, please come up. Once again, congratulations to all you that got baptized. We have cake in the lobby, so make sure you celebrate with them, and we will see you next weekend. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.